This podcast contains content intended for a mature audience and is recommended for ages 18 or older. Please be aware that the content may include subjects involving sex, drugs, violence, and topics that may be sensitive to some listeners. There will also be spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for podcast updates and upcoming episode announcements. On today's episode of Smut Decoded, we discuss the book Does It Hurt by H.G. Carlton, narrated by Troy Duran and Michelle Sparks. Sawyer is running from the pain of her past when she meets Enzo, a gorgeous man who has more to him than meets the eye. The two share a connection and then later become shipwrecked after Sawyer steals his identity. Now on a deserted island with only a lighthouse for refuge, Sawyer and Enzo must put the pain of their past behind them so they can make their way home. Welcome to Smut Decoded. It's your favorite smut lovers. Hey guys, it's Natalia. Hey y'all, it's Quinn. We are so excited to discuss Does It Hurt with you guys. We both enjoyed this book a lot. A lot. It brought out a lot of feelings. We were swooning. We were nervous on the edge of our seats. We had goosebumps. We are ready to dive in and really discuss this book with y'all. I'll start out by saying that I absolutely loved the characters. I was dying not to give spoilers because I actually read this book first. And I'm always sitting here waiting for Quinn to read it. And it's so hard. She's actually a pretty good sport about it because sometimes I do end up giving spoilers. Me, I love spoilers. So that was a big deal for me. The one thing that I really loved was our female main character, Sawyer. I think H.D. Carlton did a great job with his character. She was very quirky. And I had never experienced such internal dialogue from a female main character. Right. The shit that went through her brain. (laughs) Oh, it was hilarious. I'm just like, this female main character speaks directly to my soul. And not only that, but she's a major badass. Like, mm-hmm. I I really had, and you know how picky I am with FMCs, I had zero complaints about Sawyer. I loved her so much. Shout out really quick, Michelle Sparks. This was my first Michelle Sparks book. I'm much really? newer to Nadio than Nat. I freaking love her. Her yes. and Troy make magic together. They really do. They do. We all know how much I love Troy, but Michelle, girlfriend, I will be listening to more of your books because you are freaking fantastic. Speaking of internal dialogue of Sawyer. Yes. We started this bar scene, right? We can start this bar bar scene, scene, yes. (laughs) Because this bar scene was hilarious. It, It really gave you a good idea of what we were dealing with here as in Sawyer. She's at this bar. The bartender's being a real like asshole to her, right? He tells her, he tells Sawyer, he's like, you really give me feral dog vibes. She was just like, tell me all about it. Like what (laughs) about me gives you feral dog vibes? A lot of people would take offense to that. And she just ran with it. I thought it was so funny. Sawyer talks about how she has been on the run for about six years. She doesn't exactly say why at this point. No. 
she's been on the run for six years. She steals the identities of men with gender neutral names. That's how she's been surviving for six years. She's in this bar and she's in Australia. Australia. Mm-hmm. It actually started when she was on that plane. She was going to, gosh, she was running through the airport, but she saw someone say she it was, recognized. She was actually on a plane and she ran off of it. She was going to Indonesia or something. She hurried up and ran and got on the flight to Australia. She's at this bar and here walks in Enzo. <laughs> Hot ass Enzo. As soon as she looks at him, she says out loud, she said, nope, I can get pregnant just looking at you. Go away. He go, And then his response is, isn't that how it usually happens? <laughs> She's saying to herself, what male wears a tank top and gets away with it? And she literally sniffs him. Takes a big whiff. Him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Their interaction at the bar was really funny. They ended up taking a ride. Well, actually, we'll get to why. He took her to the waterfall, right, mm-hmm. Quinn? We will. And Quinn, Quinn loves this. Scene. Quinn was walking through Target listening to the audio. I don't even remember what I needed. I don't know what I was doing. All thoughts. Dear all God. Thoughts I, the window. I, I think I was getting – one of my daughters does competitive dance, and I think I was getting her some new athletic leggings. I don't know. I stopped mid aisle and I had to take a moment because of this waterfall scene. I want you to share your favorite line because the way you do it is the best. Okay. We're going to talk about a few things real quick. First of all, let's just say that this waterfall scene had my ovaries screaming Screaming. at the top of their lungs. Okay. (laughs) He's going down on her, and she ends up squirting for the first time. She's never squirted before. She thought she was peeing on herself. She was just kind of like, I'm losing control of my bladder. You have a sidebar? I have a sidebar. I cannot think of another book that we have read together, and we've read quite a bit in the last year, Mm -hmm. where the author is very descriptive about squirting. Can you? I don't think so. I thought maybe I Dante Santiago. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember another FMC squirting. Now I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> all these um, characters are having all this hot sex. And I'm like, H.D. Carlton is the first person to introduce squirting in the year I've been reading all these hot books. Yeah, and here's the thing. I felt like Sawyer was my spirit animal with her orgasms. It was crazy. <laughs> we'll get to channeling that. your inner Sawyer, Nat? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, it was and I no, let's like it was serious. So, it was very serious. She, she squirts in her inner dialogue. She's thinking she's losing control of her bladder. She finally sees his penis, okay? His and gorgeous she says, dick. His big, fat, long peen. She says, hell no, absolutely not. That thing is going to puncture my lung. 
And I'm like, hell yeah, girl. <laughs> you know what was going through my head? I I was like, man, that would really suck. Mm, I'm over here like, please puncture my lung, Enzo. <laughs> puncture something. Some kind of internal damage, please. He doesn't kiss her. He says it's too intimate. But he doesn't come out and say that. But, you know, they kind of discuss it later. She adapts that later on, the whole no kissing thing, because it's just too intimate and that's not who they are. But they have some serious sex. He doesn't have a condom. Mm -hmm. She was like, why did you bring me out here if you're just going to go down on me, make me squirt, but not fuck me? Mm -hmm. And he was like, you look like you were going through something and you just needed to feel good. You get a little glimpse of who Enzo was in that minute. He's a big, broody, negative asshole don't get me wrong we always have the Melvin characters are big broody assholes but he holds a grudge against her throughout most of the book he was like i thought you could use some time away i have to take a second the mm -hmm. kissing thing really freaking bothered me i know it did she had like a <laughs> what was it like a, a tracker of how many times they didn't kiss i love trackers i love organization so spreadsheets in addition to my Are They Fucking Tracker, which I don't even think I've touched on yet in any of our episodes, you guys, I would literally ask Nat constantly because she's always ahead of me. Hey, when they fucking. Hey, when they fucking. And it got oh. to the point. <laughs> you were at 18%. I was. I think it was Lilac by Baby Reed. <laughs> probably. It was funny because like at 80%, she texted me. She was like, okay, when do they fuck? This is literally, guys, every book me and her read together, this is what I go through if <laughs> I'm ahead of her. Now, every book we read together, or if it's something I read and I make her read, she's like, well, when do they fuck? When do they fuck? And I can't give her any slow burns because she will drive me nuts. I kept thinking because for me, kissing is very fundamental to attraction. It's very important. I, I love kissing and I put like, if I'm getting into it, I have to have good kissing. So you don't ever just have sex and just and not kiss? I mean, I do, but for me, it's way more sensual and enjoyable if the kissing yeah. is present. Oh, absolutely. But sometimes and you just don't have time for that. There's so many things I could say right now. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going there. The whole book, I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? We'll address it later, but it truly bothered me to the point where I was like, there has to be more here. And there is. But man, I was like, oh, another scene. Are they going to kiss? Nope. Okay. Got to wait longer. It was rough. It makes sense when we figure it out, but it was really, really tough for me. She took that dick though. I'll tell you that. And that yeah, she did. I mean, she really did. I was, I was like, you go girl. What was so interesting about Enzo was that Sawyer went into it knowing she was going to steal his identity. Mm -hmm. It was the first time she that- She felt guilty and second well, guessed it. she never really got attached. Not that she was attached to him, but she had these mind-blowing orgasms. They had all this chemistry. So when she steals his identity, you're right, she felt guilty. But also, he didn't have a gender-neutral name. No, going back to stealing his identity, he ends up taking her back home. They spend the whole night fucking, and I wish they would have went into serious detail about that, but whatever. Beggars can't be choosers. We get a lot of sex throughout this book. The next morning, she wakes up, and he's still sleeping. She grabs his wallet. She needs to take a picture of his license. 
she goes into his office and is digging around and finds a locked drawer with the information that she needs to steal his identity. She basically pieces out. It was like a couple of weeks. He's pissed, but he doesn't do anything about it because he got a notification that someone opened up a credit card. He was tracking her spending and he was pissed. Before we get to him confronting her and stuff, this goes back to his background with his identity and him getting to where he is now. Actually, Quinn, you're really good at describing Enzo in this kind of way. He had the shark lab. My Mm -hmm. understanding was that that was his lab. He created it, if you will. He started his own business, whatever, because he's very passionate about sharks. His mom abandoned him on the steps of a nunnery or some type of church. Enzo was raised by nuns from like the age of eight or 10 until older. So this poor guy had nobody. He wasn't a baby. Like he knew what was going on. He was like, my mom never came back pretty much. Yes. She even said, baby, I'll be right back or whatever she says. She never returns. I really thought about this man had nothing. He built himself. He established himself. He found a way to really own his life, if you will. And this bitch who he fucked at a bar comes and takes from him. Now, in the big scope of life, in the big scheme of things, like you said, he was watching her. The amount wasn't that much. It's his point of view. He's going on an internal dialogue rant about, I can't believe this bitch would do this. He saw his drawer was unlocked. And so he knew. He knew what was coming. And a part of him was like, she's just a big criminal. Right. He wanted her to come clean. Yes. But during all this time, he's walking and he sees her walking on the beach. (laughs) He goes up to her and he's acting completely normal. She's like, Enzo, I'm just not today. She just wasn't in the mood. She couldn't be bothered, which I was kind of like, bro, he gave you all these hot ass orgasms. I mean, granted, we know why, because she stole his identity. she, She was very nervous and he could tell, but he basically was like, hey, I want to show you something. It flips to her point of view. She's like, I just got on this dude's boat and I'm going to die. I'm straight up. I'm going to die and nobody's going to find my body. This is a man who the ocean is his livelihood. He's always on his boat. He's making sure he's doing everything he needs to do before he gets on the water, which is checking the weather, making sure the tides are fine, all that. Enzo lost all sense of that, saw Sawyer and was like, this fucking bitch stole from me. So let's put her on my fucking boat. Fuck everything else. I'm not checking shit, right? That's right. She thinks she's going to die. She's like, I'm going to fucking die. He takes her out in the middle of the ocean and he starts throwing chum, just sprinkling chum. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just say something? I'm going to steal your tagline. What? I have never wanted someone to dunk my head in the ocean no. more than I want Enzo to dunk my head in the ocean. I don't, Please. No, I don't even want Enzo to dunk my head in the ocean. I, I do. We'll get to that because he's just sprinkling <laughs> chum. She starts seeing all these sharks come up to the boat and they're like, and she's like, oh, shit. 
she actually has Enzo's credit card in her back fucking pocket this whole time. He's trying to get the truth out of her. He's acting like everything's fine. He's just waiting for her to say something. And he starts getting impatient. What happens? Because I know you like this little part. He starts to lean in. I'm like, oh my God, it's going to happen. He's going to kiss her. Negative fucking ghostwriter. He bites her lip. This part really surprised me. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was not expecting it. Well, he's upset. I'm not saying what he did was correct. He wants to teach her a lesson. He even says at one point, I just got to have her one more time. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, fuck yeah, you do, Enzo. So then what does any man do? He bends her over the boat. Her lip is bleeding. Sticks it in. There's chum all over the water (laughs) with sharks. And she has a bleeding lip because what are sharks attracted to? Fucking blood, baby. All of it. This bitch is freaking the fuck out. All I could think of was that poor girl. See, I got he's a little drowning turn on. her. He's <laughs> drowning her and he's fucking her. And then he'll lift her up and she's like, oh God, I can breathe. And then he puts her right back down. At one point, she's like, shit. She sees this shadow. And then he lifts her up again. And she's like, okay, maybe I'll save this time. And no, he puts her back fucking down. She's really starting to panic. And at this point, he lifts her up just in time. This fucking shark comes out of the water going to fucking eat her face. And he's charging right at her. Right at her. And I was like, (gasps) oh, God. What was funny is that he holds a grudge against her over half the book, and then she holds a grudge against him for this. It's understandable. Literally, they argue almost the whole book. (laughs) They can't get it together. It's really funny, though. She doesn't even get an orgasm out of this. Let's point that out. No. He goes to Pound Town. He takes care of himself. Basically, he wants another taste of her, but he also wants to punish her. He confronts her and is like, you fucking stole from me. He does. She was having trouble admitting it. That's when he realizes the sky's all dark. Is your name even Jamie? He asked her. He's like, shit, I forgot to check the fucking weather. That's right. They end up getting caught in a really bad storm and they shipwreck. He gets hit in the head and is knocked out. The next thing he realizes is that they wake up on the beach Sawyer's right there with them. They're on this little island with this really old, decrepit lighthouse. It's called Raven Isle, which at that point they didn't know that yet. He doesn't know how he even got to shore. Yep. Yeah, he doesn't know that yet. They go up to this lighthouse and they're in there. They go inside and they see that, yes, it's old, but they also see a sofa, a little kitchen. A bookcase. And then there's a TV. There is. And Sawyer is very quick to realize, like, even though it's dirty, musky, Someone's whatever, living there. someone is clearly having some dirty dishes in the sink. There are signs of life on this island. That's when we meet creepy ass Sylvester, that fucking weirdo. With a wooden peg leg, guys. He starts sauntering down the stairs. I don't like talking about Sylvester. I don't either. He creeped me out from the very beginning. He gave me very bad vibes. We can give a little background on him right now just to get that over with because I really don't like talking about him. (laughs) Eventually, he talked about his family. He said he had a wife on the island, and this wasn't at this point. We're just sharing a little bit. 
he eventually tells Sawyer and Enzo, like, yes, I had a wife. I had two daughters. They left me. They left me here. A barge comes every 30 days to deliver supplies. I don't even know what this fucker is truly doing on this island. It was a tourist attraction. It shut down and he stayed there. He claimed that he didn't have any way to contact anyone and that he depended on this barge. What Once a month was it? To come and deliver supplies. So they would have to wait. And he told them, look, I have a room. But there's no roaming the lighthouse or the island past 9 p.m. They well, get locked in there. That freaked me out. I would not want to piss in a bucket. I also wouldn't want to be locked in a random room. Let's be frank. It was kind of him to be like, yeah, I guess you can stay here. I don't have a ton of food, so... We got a ration or whatever because this barge only comes in every so often. But, you know, I'll keep you out of the elements. I'll let you stay here. I still wouldn't feel safe with some crazy ass motherfucker with a peg leg locking me in a bedroom. I have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. I mean, we both have We've had babies. I got to yeah. take a piss. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely not using a fucking bucket, which, by the way, there's only one bed. And the guy I I royally fucked over and stole his identity from is sharing the room with me. Oh, yeah, thanks. Sign me up. (laughs) Right. He locks him in there. And they're like, what the fuck? And he was like, I'm not fucking doing this. He had a bad feeling about Sylvester from the very beginning. Yes. I know it happens within the first couple of nights, I want to say. But I'm just going to discuss my favorite sex scene. It was one night. I don't think either of them could sleep. Her and Enzo, they're still pissed at each other. But they ended up having sex. It's the first time they have sex on this on the island. Neither of them could sleep. And he's on top. He's fucking her. And then what he's he freaking does delicious. Is, <laughs> what he does is, is while he's inside of her, he sticks his finger in and curves it upwards to where he's literally pressing on her G spot. And she fucking detonates. Mm-hmm. Just explosive. Oh, my God. He (laughs) said the same word. (laughs) Her vision went blurry. Described as a little momentary blackout. Because when she came to and she looked at Enzo, he hadn't even finished yet. But literally, his face and chest were drenched. Because (laughs) she Did you have a squirting tracker? (laughs) She squirted the shit out of him. Every single time they had sex, her orgasm. I literally can't was, right now. <laughs> would soak the beds, like the bed or wherever they were, at, like explosive. I mean, just completely. Wow. Which, can I say something? I'm doing it again. How ironic is it that he loves the ocean, loves the sea, loves being wet, and yet Sawyer is getting him wet with all her squirting? And but- he loves sharks, but he loves to fucking bite. Sawyer, he loves to doll out pain during sex with her. I mean, fair. He's a big ass predator. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It really amplifies things. (laughs) I just can't with us sometimes. I I know. I really can't. I mean, guys, this is why we read the dark, twisty shit. (laughs) They had a content warning. That's all we can say. You were warned. And we had a content warning. So if you are concerned about the themes yes. of this book, please go to H.D. Carlton's website and read the and content warnings. <laughs> right. And I'm going to just tell you all guys this. 
we probably don't list every morning we should and we probably should start but if you need to know just go to the book the author's website and they list all the trigger warnings for their books if sharks bother you stop listening i'm kidding who doesn't love shark week so (laughs) that literally is my favorite she goes how do you keep doing that like how does this keep happening because no man has ever made her orgasm like that and he's like baby you're natural Mm -hmm. you're natural what i loved throughout the book i love that he kept calling her and i'm gonna say it wrong bella laudra which meant little thief i loved that the whole time yeah please for the love of god someone call me bella laudra laudra troy does really great italian accents Then the other thing was, and it really fit with the title, Does It Hurt? You brought up the pain. Mm -hmm. Because he realizes how much pleasure she gets from that pain, Mm -hmm. he admits he enjoys hurting her in a certain capacity because he But as long as he's the one that's doling out the pain. Correct. Just him. He he knows that it, it turns her on. It gets her where he's wanting her to go. I loved it. Enzo was pure perfection when it came to the whole, I'm going to be a broody, a broody asshole. I might say things. And then at other times they started getting to really know each other. They got very sensual and she really started chipping away at those layers. I loved Mm -hmm. the complexity that HD Carlton built in the book. Since we touched base on Enzo and Sylvester, Sawyer, there's a reason why she was on the run. Oh, yeah. For this oh, month, this was right? difficult. She has a twin brother. His name was Kevin. Yes. Kevin. Sawyer talks about how Kevin was always the favorite with her parents. She didn't get the attention that he got. She talked about, at one point, she talked about like a swing setter, and it was for him, not mm-hmm. her. Once they both got to that adolescent age, like puberty and all that, he started to sexually abuse her and weren't they twins or am i not yes they were twins. oh my god she's tried to tell her parents but they basically brushed it off and saying she was just telling stories their parents died she went off to college but she was actually living with kevin Mm -hmm. in the house when she was on breaks he was actually a police officer the perfect predator Yes, and she doesn't look in mirrors because she keeps seeing her brother and her brother is looking back at her, taunting her. Think about how often you pick up your phone and check your teeth in your phone camera. How often do you check yourself throughout the day to make sure? Basically, every time I go to the bathroom, I look in the mirror. Right. So think about avoiding a mirror as much as you can for six plus years. When she had those flashbacks throughout the book, at first I didn't really understand what was going on. Like I wasn't sure if she had – because we've read books where with certain mental illnesses, people would see things that weren't really there. We've read so many different types of books. So at first when she was getting these flashbacks or these visions, I was like, is she going to have to overcome something? Are we going to get diagnosed with a mental illness? I wasn't sure. It really was just – the trauma. She could not get away from him. And throughout Mm. the book, 
one of his cop friends was like emailing her. They right. were trying to find her. She, this she has sick. a flashback where he comes home from work and she's in her room. She's in college. She's home on break. She's in her room and he comes in the room and he's like, did you wear that for me? She was wearing normal clothes, like nothing revealing. She's like, no, I pretty much wore this for me. He would tell her things like, I'm all you have. Nobody would want you the way I do. And while just making, basically making her feel like she's never going to have anybody but him. In school, he alienated all of her friends too. She never really had boyfriends. He kept friends away from her. So he made it to where he was it. And he was a cop. There was an abuse of power there. Sidebar, my brother-in-law is a police officer. I don't think this about every cop. Oh, yeah. Sidebar. like a lot. Yeah, sidebar. I think in every profession, there's always good and there's always evil. And everywhere. Kevin was just one of those that abused his power. And he even abused his power after death. Surprise, she killed him. Anyways, I'll explain that. <laughs> so he's he's taunting her and she says something really sarcastic. He basically gets on top of her and he's choking her out. I remember her inner dialogue. She's like, I knew this day was coming. I knew it. And it's finally here. She's getting to the point where she's about to black out and she's digging under her pillow. She had a knife. She basically stabs him in his jugular or his carotid, one of those. He bleeds out. She kills him. She left right then and there. And she's been on the run ever since. She's on the run being accused of murder. She knows that they're not going to believe her. Right. Because he was the golden boy and he was the favorite. Everybody loved him. Yep. She comes out and says that one night when they're all drinking. Let's go back to them being locked in rooms because I got distracted by my favorite sex scene. (laughs) When they're locked in the room every night, they hear chains dragging. Ugh on the floor and it wakes him up and they're both like laying there quiet like what the fuck sylvester totally shrugged it off he's like oh i've killed prisoners that tried to rob me or steal my stuff right there was a prisoner barge that wrecked a lot of them died and a few of them ended up on the island like, ended up killing well, fucker, them. You have a pegged leg. You didn't kill yeah, shit. I, mean, I know. He does, but whatever. Spoiler alert. Right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We'll get to that. <laughs> but so let me ask you, the whole time you were reading this, I get very suspicious. We've read a lot of JT. We've read other works from H.D. Carlton. Did you actually ever fucking think it was ghosts? I did not. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't either. I thought it was his wife at the time. Yeah, me too. I knew there was something very sus about it. Because clearly it wasn't him. He's not going to chain himself up. And I knew it wasn't them damn prisoners haunting the place. There's one night that her and Enzo are up. They end up looking out the window. They see this girl in a white dress standing. She's right at the water and they start banging on the door. They try to get her attention. At one point... Sylvester did tell Enzo that his daughter had hung herself. Enzo had a bad feeling about him from the start, but he kept himself busy, really just doing little odds and ends around the lighthouse for him while Sawyer kept escaping to this cave that Mm -hmm. she found with the glowworms. The glowworms really freaked me out. (laughs) 
A lot of authors use glow worms. I'm like, I don't want something that could fall in my mouth and poison me or some shit. Right. They get to a point where Enzo is pretty much begging her for forgiveness. He's starting to really confront his feelings. She has a favorite toe. She does. That was hilarious. She basically is like, if you want my forgiveness, you need to get down on your knees and kiss my toe, my favorite toe. And he does. He does. But she still doesn't forgive him right away. So we get to another favorite scene on the beach where he finds her on the beach. She's having one of her moments where she's just like, I don't know if I want to leave. Oh, God. My stomach completely dropped out of my ass the whole time she was contemplating staying. She said, I'm tired of running. I don't want to run anymore. That makes sense. But like, bitch, what are you going to do all day? You're going to go hide in your little cave and then let Sylvester lock you up at night? He finds her on the beach and he pretty much is like, be mine. Just be fucking mine. Let me take care of you. He's like, you don't have to run anymore. The only pain you'll experience is the pain that I give you. And And it's going to be the pain that you want. They end up fucking on the beach. And Mm -hmm. let me tell you something. So he's doing her from the back, right? Mm -hmm. This is the first time I've read about anything like this. If I've read Squirting in a different book, it probably may have been like one or two, maybe one other book. But not this. This is the first book I've read with this much squirting. This is also the first book I've read with drowning Uh, and with fish hooking. Okay. I was hoping you were going to say it because I was going to bring it up if you weren't. He's doing it from the back, right? Us women, we fucking love that position. Most men grip on the hips, right? Yeah, they do. (laughs) Oh, no. He takes his fingers and he puts them in like the hook. He grabs the inside of the corners of her mouth and he's pulling her almost like a joker smile. I literally can't with you today. And he's using that. Oh, because I'm I'm actually doing an example like she's watching me. So, and she's pulling back. I'm doing it right now. That's why I'm talking weird. He's using that as his grip. His only fucking grip. Oh my, that has to hurt. When I brought it up, that's when one of our friends was like, yeah, that's fish hooking. The whole time in the book, and I'm demonstrating right now, he kept grabbing her. He kept grabbing her teeth. By the, by her like lower bite. Her lower teeth. And he would drag her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. What are you doing? (laughs) I'd be like, did you wash your hands? Like, one. <laughs> you're putting your thumb all up in my toe. Yeah. No. I had never, ever read or TMI experience <laughs> fish hooking. Fish hooking is my first time. What the fuck? So, this book is a lot of experience for us and a lot of hearts moves, pounding right, right now. <laughs> right. So, we kind of get down to the nitty gritty where they're like, we need to find the beacon and get the fuck out of here. Something is not right with Sylvester. She decides that she's going to go with them, right? Thank God. They spend a lot of time looking for the beacon. There's an altercation with Sylvester because Sylvester wants Sawyer to stay. He kept touching her leg. Right. He kept saying and very weird things to her. Right. Ugh. They ended up putting him in this like, what is it? Like the hatch in the ground. They threw him in this little bunker thing and they closed it and locked him in, right? Oh, wait, are you talking about the basement? The basement. Because the yes. basement had like the hatch in the floor, which that's yeah. fucking weird to begin with. Because he was going to go put Enzo in there. But mm-hmm. then Enzo got him in there. That's when they go and hide out in that cave. And here's another one where 
they have a very in-depth conversation about the glowworms. I learned a lot about glowworms thanks to <laughs> Enzo. He fucks her again, but he is like, trust me. And he drowns her. He did another drowning thing. But this is all consensual, this one. I'm not saying the shark one wasn't. It was consensual. The drowning wasn't. Because <laughs> he was trying to prove a point. But this one, she lets him. And it was hot. It, it was, was hot. so hot. I've never I know, actually I think about drowning though. I don't know if I could do it, but it, reading about it was nice. I honestly was very alarmed that I was turned on on the first scene because I'm like, he's doing this on purpose. He's wanting to harm her. I was even more turned on the second scene because of the trust between them. Mm-hmm. By this point, they had kissed or they kissed shortly after because yeah. she learns about his mom. He oh, understands. Was, I'll get to that part where they finally kiss. Or is it on the kitchen table? It's Sorry. on the kitchen table. I'm going to get to that one too because I love that part. They keep looking for the beacon and she's walking around just a t-shirt and nothing else because she's hot, right? She's been wearing the same bikini every day and she's like, I'm going to wear something different. And he's pissy and she's like, what the fuck is his problem? They get in this big fight and he's like, I'm telling you, I don't want to see you like that because I'm trying to fucking focus. And seeing you in just a t-shirt, it makes me hard and I want to fuck you, but we need to find the beacon. We have shit we need Quit to Quit distracting me. Right. That's when they get in this little altercation. They fight and he kisses her. He basically pours his feelings out for her. They fuck on the table. That was a good one too. And they ended up breaking the table and falling. Meanwhile, Sylvester escaped the basement and is just running around the island. Right. We don't so know they, where he is. They locked themselves in the lighthouse yeah. you know, to where he couldn't get in. They end up hearing some noise one night. They had they barred themselves into the room. They mm-hmm. heard a lot of banging and shit on the door. Yes. There were scratches everywhere. And they were like, okay, ghosts don't fucking do that. No, they don't. And when they went downstairs. They saw that the bookshelf was ajar and they saw a staircase. Yes. That's when Sawyer's like, the fucking beacon. He's like, wait, stay here. But she took the fuck off. They get up there and they not only find the beacon, but they find the radio. Mm -hmm. Sawyer's trying to get on the radio and she's like, can anybody hear me? We're traveling the island. While this is all going on, Anto is watching this figure come down. There's a latch in the ceiling and it's coming down like a little ladder. He's like, okay, I see her feet. Yes, he's like, I see the white dress. The white dress is like an old faded Yellowed and gross. Then he sees chains and he's like, okay, whoa, this is not a fucking ghost. Because at first he thought he was seeing a ghost. Mm-hmm. He sees chains and he's like, okay, this is not a fucking ghost. When the girl steps down to the floor and looks at him, he gets a real good look of what he's facing off with. Her mouth is sewn shut. Oh, and God. I want to add that Sylvester ends up saying later that he did cut out her tongue first. <laughs> and she was still screaming. So he sewed. The way he described it is almost like that he used a thick, like, a twine, maybe? Twine. Like something you would, I think of crabbing. I don't know if y'all go crabbing. What the fuck is crabbing? Crazy. Right. Okay. Sidebar. So <laughs> we have the string where we hook the raw chicken up and we toss it over and we tie it and we wait for a, a crack to nibble on the raw chicken and you take your net and you just scoop it up it's, it's really Louisiana thing yes probably yeah definitely it's definitely more like south louisiana where i am see north louisiana that's basically arkansas that's not louisiana let me tell you something up Entity. in missouri we used to go hunting for crawdads in the creek okay so no one was doing any crab situations in missouri Craw- like crawfish you mean we called them crawdads, and you went oh, in the crick. 
Christ. Crick. <laughs> Creek. They would say crick. I know. I know. Just smiling. I we're very I bored. <laughs> I can't wait to tell my dad this. He's got to retire early, but he's actually a crawfish farmer just for shits and giggles. You mean a crawdad dad dad. farmer? <laughs> or cr- oh God. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, so this twine or this rope. Right. Like some kind of fishing rope almost. Oh, God. It's twined through her mouth and he can smell this this rotten smell coming for her he looks at her and he sees that her face is fucking rotting off from being stitched from being sewn shut there was wear around where the shackles were wasn't her stomach all kind of messed up too sylvester inserted his own little feeding tube oh god he fed Um, her in sure shape because her Which mouth was like, so shut. I don't know how she survived. My nurse brain, I'm thinking all these ways. I'm like, how's this bitch not fucking septic yet? Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. At this point, he's like, holy fuck. What am I looking at? He's trying to get Sawyer's attention. And he finally does. And they realize that this is Casey. Because Trinity died. They come to find out that the mom was killed as well by Sylvester. Because she wanted and, to leave. And he didn't want right. to leave. At this point, Sylvester's back in the lighthouse, and there's an altercation between him and Enzo. I really don't want to talk about that part. They find all these graves in that little bunker, the basement thing. Just throw Enzo down there. Right. After the altercation. He's been killing people that go to that island. Casey is torn between helping her dad and helping Sawyer and Enzo because she wants to keep Sawyer, too. Yes, and so does Sylvester. Sylvester looks at Sawyer as a new toy. There's a part where you want me to tell it? Casey does help them. You can she help does. me. I'm gonna struggle. Enzo is down in the basement, and Sylvester starts beating the shit out of Casey. It's Enzo's point of view, and the way he's describing it, it's like you're not sure if he's beating her or if he's raping her. No, and I really struggled with which way my brain went because he's like grunting and yeah. there's slapping noises. And I was like, right. oh my God, please tell me this fucked up dude is not pounding the shit out of his decaying daughter. Right. But then there's other ways that HD Carlton described it. And I do think well, he was just beating the shit out of her. Because when he gets out, he sees that she's just laying there. He was very intelligent about the way he got out because he set a fire. He gets out and there's this big altercation with Sawyer, Sylvester, Casey, and Enzo. And Sylvester ends up accidentally shooting Casey. That was really sad because she died in Enzo's arms. It was. And he... (sighs) That was really, really tough. What was also tough was when Enzo broke out, Sawyer was tied up in a bedroom Sylvester was about to sew her mouth shut as well. Enzo got there right in the nick of time. That's when we finally, and I don't remember how Sylvester got injured or shot. Didn't he die? He did. It was a really disturbing situation. And they finally hear a voice on the radio. They finally get help. That's when, and I like the way you describe it, what they decide to plan for Sawyer thinks she's going to go to jail. She does. Sylvester's dead. They're going to find all these dead bodies in the basement. And they're like, wait a minute. She goes, I'm going to take Trinity's name because I can tell people that Sawyer was here. She writes a letter. 
detailing all the things that Kevin did to her. She even admits to killing him in the letter, but she mm-hmm. talks about the abuse. Self-defense. She describes what happened, and then they take the letter with them. But according to Enzo and Sawyer, she is Trinity, this crazy-ass right. dude's daughter. When they get back and they're doing all the interviews, she eventually gives them the letter. It comes to a point where she said, Sawyer was my best friend. She helped us escape. She helped us get through all this trauma. I'm going to rename myself and I'm going to take her name. Right. And Kevin, all these women started coming out the woodworks and coming to find out she was not the only victim. It goes to show how fucked Kevin was. I originally thought she was the main one that he was assaulting. Mm-hmm. But then it's like upwards of 20 women came forward. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So she was cleared. What I loved about this book is that they ended up engaged the ending of the book they're actually back on his new boat and they were like fucking in the shark cage or some shit and i'm like seriously guys like some shit just doesn't fucking change right there's fucking sharks swimming under them but she's still freaking out deep down but she's like fuck it because that that fear and Enzo knows this that fear partially turns her on and it makes her just enjoy that experience even more he's like I'm just excited to give this to you. It was awesome. I know. I'm I'm glad they got their HEA. Me too. This was a pretty traumatic – it was just the the way H.D. Carlton handled this. And again, phenomenal, phenomenal performances from both Michelle and Troy. I could not have asked for better narration – I'm new to narration. You have a lot more experience than me. So I I thoroughly enjoyed this book. They make a good pair. They make magic together when they narrate. Michelle really brought Sawyer to life, her character. And of course, Troy, I mean, he brings everyone to life when he he narrates, (laughs) especially if there's Italian involved. (laughs) We both read reviews. We talk to people. I'm very attached to Enzo. I think that's partially Troy's fault, but I don't know if I would have had the same reaction to some of his dialogue, to some of the way that he if said If you wouldn't things. have done the audio? Yes, because the audio just was such a different experience, and I loved oh, yeah. every minute. I loved it. I can tell you there's a lot of books that I probably wouldn't have been so fond of if I wouldn't have done the audio, to be well, honest. Well, and let me say – H.G. Carlton is very special. She's a very unique writer. I will admit, and I told you this a couple times, I liked Does It Hurt more than Haunting and Hunting. I liked Haunting and Hunting. Oh, I loved Haunting. Again, she's so amazing with internal dialogue because Adeline's internal dialogue, remember when I read the first book, I was cackling the whole time because her internal dialogue was hilarious. She does a phenomenal job with that, I think. She does. But before we do that one, I'm going to listen to Teddy. Yes. So guys, we really hope y'all enjoyed this book as much as we did. And if you have any thoughts, Y'all know y'all can reach out to us. We will see y'all next Wednesday. Good night. Good night. Smut love. Join us every Wednesday for a new episode on Smut Decoded. 
Smut Decoded was created and produced by us, Natalia and Quinn. If you want to chat with us about an episode or send us any book recommendations, join our Smut Decoded discussion group on Facebook. We would love to hear from you.